Well, good morning, Real Church. My name is David John Phillips. I have the joy and honor of getting to be the pastor here. There's no place I'd rather be, nothing I'd rather be doing. And I, I want to say thank you for choosing to spend your Sunday morning here with us. If this is your first time or you've been coming just a few times, you are welcome here. And we pray that you encounter the love of Jesus in a very real way. Because when you encounter him, you have a choice whether or not to choose him. And when you choose him, and everything shifts, everything changes. Amen? Amen. It's the best choice you could ever made to follow Jesus as Lord. It's just amazing. So um, just a, a couple of little things that really are not little. They're very important. And I want to encourage you in. Number one, uh, could I have Mr. Pastor, Mr. Pastor Dr. John Wandera stand? <laughs> Would you guys give him a big old hand? Amen. Praise the Lord. We honor Jesus in you, my brother. If you don't know, I call him my African dad. Uh, he preached last Sunday. If you missed out, go on our podcast and listen to it. It was amazing and wonderful. I call him that because I met him, I don't know, seven, eight, ten years ago, something like that. And when you get to know him and you get to know my real dad in America, in Louisiana, they're like the same guy. Same spirit, same personality, same humor. Uh, just one's got black skins from Uganda and has a funny accent. <laughs> He's a mighty man of God. I've learned a lot from him already, excited to, to learn more from him and excited about the, the partnership that God is doing, the relationship he's building between this local body and what he's doing in Uganda and around the world. Those of you that don't know, I would encourage you to go listen to the message from last week. You're going to hear a little bit more of his testimony and story, but just to give you a hint, I mean, he's planted 125 churches in Uganda. And 25 churches in Kenya. And 500 churches in South Sudan. And he has many more pastors that he trains and leads and fathers. And God's our father, but he, and he, he fathers people personally and through his body. Amen. So just wanted to, honor is not a small thing. Honor is a big thing. And we want to learn as a local church how to outdo one another in showing honor. Not to just those who are on stage, but to one another. Amen. We want to honor each other from our hearts, from the way that we think about people, and that will overflow to the way that we speak about them. Amen. I want to take a moment to honor a couple more people. Uh, can we have uh, uh, Diane and, and Todd Harrison? Would you guys stand? Yeah. Full of Jesus. And, and I, I want to invite both of you. Would, you. would you come up to the stage? That would be great. I, I, I met these two four years ago. And, and, and building relationships is, a, is an important thing because relationships are the currency of the kingdom. When God wants to get something done in the world, he does it through his body. 
He doesn't just do it through individuals. He, he does it through teams of people. He connects his body together in relationship. And four years ago, God connected us and uh, man began to build a trust between them and me and me and them uh, and, and the gifting that God has given them. The Bible talks about prophecy. And in Ephesians 4.11, he talks about God, Jesus gifted apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to the body. And Diane is anointed and walks in the office of a prophet. If that messes with your theology, it's okay. It's okay. Go and, go and look it up biblically because it's a way to walk in it healthily. Okay. But she has been anointed and appointed over a network of 3,000 churches out of Canada where she goes and helps to uh, equip local churches in the network. And God's given her influence outside of the network, like real church, to, to equip the body uh, to walk in the gift of prophecy and words of knowledge and, and, and that gift mix that goes along with it in a healthy way. And man, she's done that for our church. They have done that for our church. And I'm very thankful and we honor, honor that gift. Would you guys just give a big old hand clap? Thank you, Jesus. And her, her husband is a mighty man of God who supports his, his wife and pushes her forward. But God has ministry for him as well. He's an amazing speaker. And he prophesies as well. He teaches and, and, and pastors and leads um, um, as they go along. He helps to, to push the congregations forward. And so he's going to be speaking today. God's given him an amazing word and, and poured it into him, overflowing so he can pour it out onto us. Amen. And so I want you guys to open your hearts to receive, right? Be careful how you hear, because with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. If you measure what's being said as small, it will be small in your life. If you measure what's being said as large and important, it will be important in your life. Amen? So we honor you guys and just very thankful. Hi, um, Todd's going to be uh, bringing the word to you guys this morning, but I just wanted to just share something quick because, you know, we do travel to um, quite a few different places and churches, but, and I think some of you would feel this, but I just wanted to confirm that God really is doing something here and we can sense it coming in from the outside, but I actually believe this is a day where the Holy Spirit sort of has hot spots, you know, different geographic areas where he's really pouring out a spirit. And so, um, as I I've met some of you and talked to you. I know God has brought in people from a lot of different places. And some of your stories are very interesting as to how you got here. But I believe, I believe this is a gathering of the Holy Spirit and where it says in Scripture for such a time as this. And we see the body coming together. So it's just so awesome. We love coming here. We just are so, we are just so well received um, here that I believe you guys get more because of how honoring each you are and how you welcome us. And so we just really appreciate that. And I know Todd's going to share with you. Actually, Todd and I are quite different in how we function. When I saw, <laughs> when I saw his uh, notes today, I thought, Todd, you've got more scriptures than I have in my whole book. Anyway, um, we just uh, delight in um, knowing that, that he hears from God. We, we are actually sort of uh, ended up retiring, uh, Todd, about, what, five years ago, something like that. And so it just gives us opportunity to be able to come um, 
just network, just let God use us in the community. So we actually are functioning in prophetic words that were spoken over us 40 years ago. So if you guys, if you guys um, sometimes think, well, how come my word didn't come to pass? Sometimes they're they're a long time coming, but they're still they're still coming in the destiny that God's called you to. So thank you so much for receiving us, and I better not take any more of his time. <laughs> I'll take some more of my time. Um, I just want to say a few things about the church that I've observed here. We've been here since, uh, well, we came Thursday night. We went for Thanksgiving uh, supper over at Alex and uh, the Asia's. And uh, that was our third, by the way. <laughs> so uh, I made a commitment when I get home. <laughs> um, but I have to say... Um, you guys, there, there's been a, there has been a shift in this church. There's been a definite transition. Um, I mean, we were here one year ago, so this is our fourth time. First time we just came as, first time came as visitors. But um, Friday night just about wrecked me. Um, there was such a, such an anointed worship, such a presence of God. I, I, I said, God is doing something here. And uh, even the first time we came, we said, we believe God has marked you. Yeah. <clears throat> He's marked you for a move of the Holy Spirit. He's marked this community, but he has marked in particular real church. Um, <clears throat> and we're seeing that happen. And, and, and David, if you hadn't had an altar call, I was going to have one. So there you go. <laughs> um, but I, I just wonder, like this morning, this, this is what I felt. I felt... You know, when we come together to worship, we know that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. I think, uh, I'm not sure Mariah and Dolores said that this morning, but, but there's also a lifting up. There's a lifting up. When we worship, we're actually not here. <laughs> we're actually in heavenly places. So when we're worshiping, there's angels all around us, but we're actually not here. We're actually there. We're actually before our Heavenly Father, before our Savior, and we are worshiping Him with our whole heart, our whole being. So, so if you have a little struggle getting started sometimes, and you feel a little cold, and just stir yourself up, but remember, we're seated in heavenly places, and when it comes to a time of worship, we're standing, we're worshiping, or we're bowing, <laughs> we're on the floor. Um, another thought I had was, we're from Canada, so uh, to get into the, to your country, we have to have a passport to get here. And uh, I just wondered if you have your passport for heaven. Do you have your passport? You all got your passport? <laughs> you need your passport to get in. And this morning, I was so grateful. I think, God, you love me. Your spirit is in me. I have my passport, hallelujah. My name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That is a great celebration, hallelujah. And, and, and we get to be the temple of his presence. That's so awesome. I, well, I was gonna maybe do this sometime somewhere. I'll get to that. But <clears throat> I was uh, speaking at our camp this year uh, to the youth on the morning. And, um, and I talked to them about... What Jesus has to offer, use my right hand, what Jesus has to offer and what the devil has to offer. And it was so clear to me that in Jesus' temptation in the wilderness, when the devil took him up to the mountain, do you remember you know, what I'm talking about, right? And he said, look over the earth. 
See these kingdoms, they're mine. If you worship me, I will give them to you. He is such a liar. That is so not true. <laughs> they don't belong to him. They belong to Jesus. And they belong to him double because he had them and then we gave them away and he bought them back. Right? He bought them back. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness of. And so I challenged the, the teenagers, the young adults there. I said, listen, the devil's going to tell you all these wonderful things he's going to do for you. Right? It's a lie. And even if it feels good for a while, it doesn't last. And the end is not worth it anyway. To be eternally separated from Christ in hell for eternity. We cannot imagine that. And we are saying no to the living God. We are saying no to Jesus who gave his life on that cross for us. We're saying no, we don't want that. We don't want you. We want to live our own life. And God says, okay, you made your choice. You made, don't make that choice. That's not a choice that is going to go well for you. So I'm trusting you're here because you love Jesus. And if you're just getting to know him, I want to encourage you in that. And uh, I'll start now. So um, this is a interesting um, what I have today because it started out as something else. But I kept running into this thing. And when we were sitting, uh, we were at Gabriel and, and Mariah's um, on Friday, and we're having tea. And where is Mariah? Can I see her? Is she in here? Oh, she's with the children. Oh, there she is. Okay. So I, I, we're having tea, and I, I look at the tag on my tea bag, and it says 300. Now, do you remember I said to you, remember that? I haven't, can't tell you now, but uh, it says 300. The number 300 keeps coming up to me. And I don't know the fullness of it, but there's something on that number, something prophetic, and it may well be for this church because I have tried to preach this word probably three times already, and it's not happened because it went a different direction. So I'm going to talk to you today about the 300. And three, you think about the number three. It's the number of the Godhead, the Trinity. It's the number of the resurrection. You add a zero to that, what have you got? 10 times that, right? 30. Add another zero, you got another 10 times that. You got 100 times three. That's God's multiplication. And that's what we're about. We're about multiplying. And we're going to talk today about covenant. We're going to talk about covenant because as a covenant people, God wants us to be in such love with him and one another that people are going to be drawn to the Lord. They're going to be drawn to the Lord. They're going to look at those things in the world and go see right through them because they're not real. This is real. This is the real. You're the real deal. All right? So the 300, and Mike, Mike and I were laughing about this uh, Friday night. <laughs> There's a movie called The 300. Are you familiar with that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, our pastor's wife, her favorite movie is Braveheart. <laughs> right? She's a warrior. She's a prayer warrior. And uh, the 300, if you're not familiar with the story, it's actually a reference to a historical event. It happened in 480 BC. And what it was happening was uh, the king of Persia was attempting to invade Greece. His father had tried, failed. Now was his chance to 
make good their name. And so he came with a huge multitude. Some historians have said a million or more. More accurately, it's probably about 140,000, maybe in that neighborhood. That's still a lot of people, warriors, right, soldiers. And so uh, the Greeks, the cities, they got together and they said, we're going to meet them here in this pass called Thermopylae. Thermopylae, and we're going to stop them there. We're going to stop them dead. So they gathered there, and they were under the misconception, unfortunately, that they couldn't be outflanked because they were outnumbered, I don't know how many, 10 to 1 or so. So <clears throat> they were going to hold that ground, but then they found out that there had been a traitor that had given the enemy the secret passage around. And if they stayed there, they were all going to die. And so <clears throat> the king of Sparta made a decision. He sent all the troops away except for, guess what? 300. Now there were a few others, but they weren't Spartans, so they didn't count, all right? So <clears throat> the beauty I love about that, he stayed. David, he stayed. <laughs> he stayed with the troops. They held that pass for three days while all the rest of the Greeks were able to retreat regroup, and beat the Persians later on, all right? That was a very important tactical decision that was made. How were they able to hold them off for three days? They were fierce fighters. They were trained in the arts of war. But most of all, they had the heart of the city, Sparta. They gave their lives for that city, that was bred into them from day one, right? We need to have that same attitude when we're talking about the kingdom of God. Are we willing to lay down our lives for the king? Are we? He laid our lives down. What have we got in this life? Only what we're going to have in the next life, right? This is an investment. It's not a stopping. It's a short stop here, <laughs> right? Right? We're just pilgrims passing through. But it's a very important journey for us. Yeah. Determines our eternity and the quality of our life everlasting. Very important. So in um, Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, it goes through all the heroes. of Not all the heroes. It goes through several heroes of the faith. It gets to the end. It kind of groups them all together. And said these finished the race. They finished well. They have gone on to their reward. However, they are not complete without us. That's right. All right? They're not complete. They ran their race. They finished. Paul ran his race. He finished. We're running our race. And we are very important in this race. This is a very important time in the history of the world, history of the church, but the history of the world. Very important time. So we need to get ready. <laughs> all right? We need to be willing to lay it all down. I'm just going to refer to a couple of things. The 300. All right? In Scripture, we find Abraham <coughs> chose 300 of his <coughs> servants and slaves that were born and trained in his house. They were committed to Abraham. And because of that, they were able to rescue his nephew from a, an, uh, an army of four kings that had just defeated king after king after king after king, including five kings right there. 
and also uh, three giant uh, cities, kingdoms of giants, the Anakim, the Rephaites. They were just mowing through the whole place. Abraham pursued them with 318. And he was able to defeat them and rescue his <coughs> nephew and all those that had been taken. 300. <coughs> Gideon. <laughs> now I'm leaving this Gideon for you as a seed. This is something I'm going to encourage you to read, to meditate, because I have a sneaking suspicion it has something to do with this church, with this house, all right? So Gideon, as you know the story, they were under the thumb of the Midianites. So <clears throat> the Midianites would come and, and the peoples of the east and the Amalekites uh, and the Philistines, they would all come in the season when the crops were ready and they would just come and take everything and leave the Israelites nothing, nothing. And the Israelites were in such distress, they cried out to the Lord, and the Lord heard them. And he sent his angel, we believe is Jesus, <laughs> sent his angel and to find a man named Gideon who was threshing out wheat in a wine press. And he says to Gideon, he says, Ho, you mighty man of valor. Now, this is a man who's been basically uh, enslaved for seven years. He's in a wine press, hiding out from his enemies. And what's his response? He says, oh, not me. Can't be me. <laughs> I am the, our, my tribe is the least of all the tribes, and my family is the least of all the tribes, of all the families of Manasseh. <clears throat> now, the funny thing about God, that doesn't deter him at all. <laughs> so if you're feeling really small or really inadequate and there's not much you can do for God, God says, not true, not true. Um, <clears throat> I was talking, uh, okay, all right, they'll know who I'm talking about. <laughs> He's a fix-it guy. Well, that's a couple of guys in here. Anyway, he says, I love to solve problems. Guess what? God gave you that ability to be a blessing, to be a service to others and to reach people for Christ and be a blessing to the body because guess what? God is a problem solver. That's his nature. He solves problems and if, hopefully we're going to talk about that in a minute. <laughs> so Gideon was called. God didn't take no for an answer and I just love the patience that he had with Gideon because he put out the fleece and he put out again. I think he put out three times, at least twice anyway. And even <clears throat> then he blew the trumpet. <clears throat> 30,000 came uh, to the answer of the trumpet, 30,000. And the enemy was in the neighborhood of, I think, 145,000 Midianites they were coming against. So <clears throat> 30,000, not a big army against that, right? God says, too big. <laughs> Too big. We got to get smaller. One of my prayers, one of my prayers in my secret place is, God, I am too big. <laughs> I'm too big. Make me smaller. Right? God uses little people. He uses the humble. Right? That's what he meant. That's what he does. That's what he does. I so love what's on Brother John. I told him yesterday. I was, instead of preparing my message, I was here. <laughs> we went for lunch. I said, I want to spend time with you because you have something that I want. <laughs> Humility. Humility. And um, <laughs> 
So, which was interesting because for several reasons. But um, we're not too small. We're not inadequate when God is in here, right? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's every demon that includes the devil, right? That includes the devil, right? I'll have a story at the end about that. <laughs> so <clears throat> Gideon goes through this process of God building his faith. And in the end, he, <clears throat> God whittles his army down to what? 300. 300. See what I mean? Right. <laughs> 300. And they come against this horde of Midianites. And God says, they camp, they're over the hill, they're on one side, they're on the other side. God said, if you're still afraid, go down to the Midianite camp and see what happens. So he went down and he heard two Midianites talking. He said, I had a, one said, I had a dream last night. Uh, there was this big barley loaf rolled down the hill. Big barley loaf that was Gideon threshing out the wheat <laughs> in the vat. Big barley loaf rolled down the hill smashed into the wall, I think it was, and obliterated it. And this guy, that was a prophetic dream. And the other guy was a prophet also. He said, that can't be anything but the sword of the Lord. That can't, that's Gideon. That's Gideon. <clears throat> and the sword of Gideon, he recognized it. Gideon heard it. He was pumped. He was ready. So the thing I love about this story once he got to that place, he was totally committed. Totally committed. And I've seen that over and over. But this time, that's not what the Lord highlighted to me. It was the 300. Gideon wasn't the only one totally committed. Could God have rescued them all with Gideon? I suppose. <laughs> but I think 300 is a pretty good number as well, right? Those 300 had to be willing to go with him and do what he said, even though it seemed insane, stand on a hill with a torch and a bottle <laughs> and a trumpet in a hand, right? We get the signal, smash the bottle, blow the horn, and then we're going to have a harvest of our own, <laughs> right? So God orchestrates that whole thing, throws the enemy into terror. They run, they kill each other because they're so, <clears throat> it's such chaos, and then the rest of them run for it, and he hunts them down. He doesn't let it go. This was Gideon. Those and finishes the job. But Gideon had a 300 that were committed to him. So why am I telling you this? Because God is a God of covenant. He is a God of covenant. <clears throat> Definition of covenant. It's a binding agreement between two or more people usually for the purpose of some action. Their hearts were bound to Gideon in a way that they were ready to go into action, like the Spartans with Leonidas. <clears throat> and the Lord is a God of covenant. He is covenanted to us. And he is faithful to the uttermost. Right? Even when we're not faithful, the scripture says God is faithful, even when we're not. Don't forget that. <laughs> so God is a God of covenant. And God is good. Have you ever had this thought? And don't say no because you'll be lying. <laughs> Have you ever had this thought? If God is good, and God is all-powerful, all-knowing, 
and he is sovereign in all his ways. That means all authority is under him, even the devil. The devil is under Christ's authority. He doesn't get to do whatever he wants. He gets to do what Jesus lets him do or what we let him do, right? That's why we need to be on guard, right? We need to be sure we're on the right side. <clears throat> so if God is so good, how come the world is in such a mess, right? Right? Wars, rumors of wars, famines, pestilences. Now we have pollution, <laughs> right? <clears throat> how come? Where are you, God? Did you check out? <laughs> are you coming back soon? <laughs> we like some order. We like some good things happening. There are good things happening. But when you read the news, they don't report it. <laughs> right? You hear all the other stuff. So you can do some wonderful things. <clears throat> Nobody will hear about it. So <clears throat> why is that? That is because God is a God of covenant. He is a God of covenant. We're going to look at a couple of covenants here. And uh, the first one happened on the day of creation. Sorry, sixth day of creation. <laughs> All right, there is a problem, I think. There we go. So, first mistake I made is when we came, I left my iPad at the door <laughs> in Regina, Canada. So, uh, that was, fortunately, I had sent my notes to my wife, but they're on her iPad, which I can't figure out. And I can't edit on her. And even here, Heidi was helping us. It wouldn't even open this morning. So I was going to really be winging it there, David. <laughs> I do have notes. So, all right. Um, God is a God of covenant. He makes a covenant with Adam and Eve in the garden. And I'm going to read it. Genesis 1, 27 to 28. So God created mankind in his own image. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful Increase in number, fill the earth, and subdue it. God is a God of covenant. His covenants are binding even to himself. <clears throat> and they are eternal. They are eternal. <clears throat> so God makes a covenant with Adam and Eve. And when he says subdue, that should be our first clue. <laughs> There's a bit of an issue here. It's called the devil. He's there, and he has to overcome the devil if he's going to fulfill what God's called him to do and his destiny. It doesn't go that way, as we know, right? The devil shows up, speaks to Eve, and then she speaks to Adam, and the next thing you know, and I'm sorry, I didn't read the scripture. If you want to see it, it's behind you there. He says, there's only one thing you can't do. There's only one commandment. No, it was it? Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This was the one commandment that Adam and Eve broke. When they broke that commandment, they broke covenant with God the Most High, the creator of heaven and earth. They basically, in breaking covenant, lost their own soul to death. They gave full title of the earth to the devil. It wasn't the devil's. It was Adam's. God gave it to him. He gave full title to that. That is a legal transaction that happened right there in the garden. And God has honored it to this day. But guess what? God likes to fix 
problems. Yeah. <laughs> so in Genesis uh, chapter 3, where this occurs, he says to uh, Adam and Eve, he says, this isn't good what you've done, but I've got this. All right? I've got this. I've got a way to fix this, but you have to be patient and obedient. All right? Patient and obedient. He said, <clears throat> well, several things to Eve and then to Adam. And he says to, Adam, to Eve that your offspring and his offspring, the devil, are going to be in. <clears throat> They're going to be at war. I'm looking for a different word. It's just not coming to me, but I think that's the picture, right? They're going to strive against each other, the two. You've got two kingdoms now, a kingdom of light, a kingdom of darkness. You've got the children of God, and you've got the children of Belial. The world is in conflict. It's a battleground, and we are in the middle. If you don't know that, ask Job when you get there. <laughs> All right? <clears throat> he experienced that big time. So what is the fix? He says, of the seed of the woman, seed singular, <clears throat> you will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. End of story. The head is power and authority. That's what that is talking about. And it's talking about the cross. That Jesus is going to die on a cross. And he is going to buy back the world. We talked about it earlier. He is going to restore everything that was lost. Eternal life for mankind. Forgiveness of sin. And even creation. We call this the great exchange. Right? If you're not familiar with that, Jesus came. Hmm. Jesus came because a man had to die for the sins of mankind. There was a problem. <laughs> there was none righteous. Um, it is in my notes. I just can't think where it is exactly. None righteous, no, not one. Um, there was no one alive because the sin nature was transferred from generation to generation to generation. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. No exceptions, except one. <laughs> His name is Jesus. No man alone could do that. But the God-man could do that. He qualified He's the only one. In Revelations, <clears throat> in Revelations, <clears throat> when John, speaking to John about opening the seals, breaking the seals and opening the scroll, and John is weeping because there is no one to do the job. No one. <clears throat> but an angel comes and comforts him and says, don't be comforted. The lion of Judah has overcome and he looks up, and what does he see? Come on. No, he doesn't see a lion. A lamb. That's right. He looks up, and he sees the lamb of God. One and the same. What is weaker? What is more vulnerable than a lamb? Jesus became a lamb. He was born in a stable. He grew. He was of no particular beauty. All of those things. But he took our 
sin and nailed it to the cross. Full payment. <clears throat> God in flesh. Scripture says that Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. There's lots of religions out there. Islam for one. <clears throat> um, <laughs> the Mormons. We don't have the same concept. A lot of similarities, but where it breaks off, and it's very important, they do not believe Jesus is God. They believe he's a God. They don't believe <clears throat> that he died and could die for our, our sin. We are the only religion because we are the truth <laughs> that <clears throat> God came and died as our Savior. Wow. Wow, that doesn't blow all your fuses. I don't know what will, right? <clears throat> God is so good. So he had a fix. But what happened to Adam? <laughs> did he go to hell? No, he did not go to hell. Because God has always had a people. He's always had a church. Jesus was slain in the heart of God. He's outside of time. <laughs> Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world. Right? All those Old Testament believers, they're going to be in heaven. Right? If not, where's David? <laughs> right? They're going to be there. Because God had a fix to fix it. He had a plan from before the beginning. <clears throat> so a man had to come and a man had to die. What happened to Adam was when Satan came, he put a seed of doubt in his heart and he mistrusted God's character. He questioned his character, his honesty. He believed Satan instead of believing God and it was unbelief. What keeps us from the cross today? What keeps us from God? Unbelief. Unbelief. When Jesus died, he died in faith. He died in obedience. <clears throat> Our faith is resting on the fact that God raised him from the dead. And that today, he is seated in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. But he's not alone. There's lots of saints there. And the scripture says, he took us with him. Right? We are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. I'm going to jump to the end. <laughs> that was that covenant. I'll just mention the Abrahamic covenant because the Abrahamic covenant was a transition from the Adamic to the new covenant. We call it the old covenant, the law, all that. All right. And um, new covenant, God had the plan. Is the new covenant, the new testament. And <laughs> that is the gospel of Christ in the kingdom of God. All right. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. When we came to faith in Christ, we were born again. Our nature was changed from a sin nature to a God nature. Doesn't mean we're God. <laughs> it means we have God. <laughs> it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. And from glory to glory, he's changing me into his likeness and image. And a day will come when I will see him and I will be like him. Hallelujah. Where do you go with that? By the way, when, when, we were, when we were worshiping, you know, I felt like we were at the Mount of Transfiguration. I just felt like, almost like, wow, let's build tabernacles here and stay, right? 
That was so awesome. Can you imagine being there in full, right? Full cognizance. I am in the presence of God Almighty, of Jesus Christ. This blows your mind. This blows your mind. That's the promise that he's made. God keeps his promises. In fact, I had to buy this because my Bible's on my, my phone. When we first got saved, we carried around these big Bibles, right? <laughs> you could stuff it, <laughs> you could stuff it, use it for a doorstop, right? <clears throat> so that's on the phone, so, and I don't want to travel with a big Bible. I read a Bible. Uh, I still like print rather than electronics, but here we are. This is, has 66 books full of the promises of God. And God's promises... Uh, if you want the scriptures, you can ask Alex for them later. <laughs> God's promises are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. There's not one thing here he will fail to do. In fact, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. That's his promise. That's his promise. <clears throat> now, when we got saved, we got changed. We became a new creature. The Spirit of God came into us. We became the children of God as was Adam in the beginning, right? Now, we're not quite to that place. Adam was totally glorious. He was clothed in the glory of God. He had no sin nature in the beginning, right? When he sinned, that glory departed. My personal opinion is it had nothing to do with clothes when he went and hit in the bushes. It was the fact that this, the glory of God was gone, Ichabod, it had departed from him and he knew it. He had never been without the presence of God and now he was frightened and he should have been, right? We are on the other side of the cross. We have the very presence of God in us. But one of the things, other things that also happened on that day is we were baptized. Hope you're one water baptized. If you have it, you need to get in there and do it, right? Obedience, Jesus was baptized. <clears throat> we can be baptized in the Holy Spirit, but one of the things we sort of miss, I missed it, we were also baptized into the body of Christ, and that is in 1 Corinthians uh, 3, I think. It's in my notes. <laughs> baptized into the body of Christ. We are the flesh, the living, hands, arms, feet, eyes, ears, nose, all of that the body of Jesus Christ. Yeah. This is really important. Really important. Because God called us to a new covenant. There's only two commandments. You probably know them as well as I do. Jesus said on these two commandments hangs all the prophets and the law. Greatest commandment, what is it? That's right. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, your mind, and your strength, depending on which chapter you're in. Second, love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Who's your neighbor? <laughs> Thank you, brother. <laughs> right now, it's the people on one each side of you. <laughs> That's your neighbor. Love that person. I can see all of you from here, so I love you all, okay? <laughs> when you leave this place, where do you go? Well, you might go fill up for gas. You might go to do some shopping or... You might go to the beach. Hey, it was nice yesterday. <clears throat> That's your neighbor. It's the lady in line. It's the person behind you. It's the person in front of you. That's your neighbor. Love that person. Love that person with the love of Jesus. And Jesus will love them through you and touch their heart. All right? 
Glorify God. Hallelujah. That's a covenant that we have with God. That's a covenant that we have with each other. And I need to, I need to do this because we call this the vertical. This is what Adam had. He had a vertical relationship with God. The covenant was vertical because it was just him and Eve, right? I guess a little bit here. <laughs> Today, there's 8 billion people on the planet. So this one here, the horizontal, is very important as well, right? Those are the two greatest commandments. And <clears throat> when I do this, and I do this, and I do this, and I do that, what do you see when I do that? Cross. A cross. That's right. That's to remind us Jesus died for us and that we are to die for him. I don't mean that maybe someday physically. No, we die to ourself. Right. We die to our own desire, own demand, and... I'll give you lots of examples. <laughs> Robin tested in that, <laughs> even in the last 24 hours. <laughs> it's an ongoing, we're from glory to glory, he's changing me, <laughs> right? Into his likeness and image. It's all for a purpose. So we are covenant people. We have a covenant with Jesus, so we have a covenant with one another. Listen, if we break our covenant with each other, we break our covenant with Jesus. They are mutually inclusive. Not exclusive. That's a term we usually hear. I don't know if I ever heard that. Mutually inclusive. You have to have one before you can have the other. And you have to maintain this one if you're going to maintain this one. And vice versa. Right? Pretty straightforward. But funny how we miss that. <laughs> right? Um, Paul did lots of writing to the church in Corinth. A lot of good stuff in there. <laughs> Why was that? <laughs> That's right, honey. Because they're doing a lot of things wrong. <laughs> right? They're doing a lot of things right, but they're doing some pretty major <laughs> things wrong, which was they were not in covenant. They were not in covenant. Guess what? They had all the gifts. He said, you fall behind in no gift. However, there are divisions among you. There's jealousies. There's backbiting. There's slanders. And I have lots of scripture to go with this. I'm just... Rolling it out to you, right? <laughs> Psalm 15 says, Who, Lord, who may dwell in your secret, sacred tent, who may live on your holy mountain? If we want to abide in the presence of God, goes on to say, <clears throat> Those who have no slander in their mouth, who do no wrong to a neighbor, and cast no slur on others. Good. Yep. So this is a concept that is really misunderstood and misused. And it is this. You can't judge me, even though I'm living in <laughs> sin. <laughs> you can't judge me. You're judging me when you're criticizing me. No, brother, I am not criticizing you for that. I am telling you that if you don't get your life right, you're missing out, <laughs> right? I just did that how? In love. It doesn't mean that we don't judge and correct. We speak into lives of others, but we do it out of a heart of love, right? And you on the prophetic team, you've learned all about this, right? Sometimes you discern some things and you might want to come down with a judgmental word. No, it has to be redemptive. Because the heart of Jesus is redemptive, right? <clears throat> I had Diane helping me with scripture, but, but I'm the cordon cordons. <laughs> I know the scripture, I don't want to, and, and I do have them written somewhere, but 
It says, when a brother or sister is overtaken in a fault, you that are spiritually mature, correct such a one. Considering yourself, if you judge them in your heart, I would never do that. Oh, I'm up here and they're down there. If you do that, guess what? God's going to level the playing field. <laughs> they might bring them up, but they're definitely going to take you down. <laughs> right? That's what you sow when you have that kind of attitude, and that's what you will reap, right? And for your own good, because you need to learn that's not how God sees them. He loves them. He loved them enough to die for them. Don't mess them up. <laughs> Help them out, right? We are covenant people. I'm going to close with this. No, I'm going to close with a couple things. <laughs> Real quick. Um, Revelation 19, verse 7. It says, The heavens rejoice for the wedding supper of the bride has arrived. Why? Because the bride has made herself ready. So we're not only the body of Christ, we are the bride of Christ. And guys, if you have a little trouble with that, tough. <laughs> Get over it, right? There's no male or female in heaven, so don't worry about that, right? That's where we're going. It's about love. It's about the love of the Father, and it's about a love of the groom for the bride. Hallelujah. I'll be a bride for Jesus. Hallelujah. <clears throat> I'm not insecure. <laughs> How does the bride make herself ready? By loving one another, supporting one another, helping, rejoicing when there's victory, weeping when there's loss. You share all those things, those burdens. Galatians 6 and verse 1. <laughs> That's where it is. That's where it says. Okay. That's where it says, you that are spiritual. You, sorry, I'm King James. <laughs> you that are spiritual, correct such a one. And then it says, bear the burdens of others. Verse 2, bear the burdens of others. That is your covenant. And if you will do that, you will be a healthy church, right? Ephesians 4 talks about the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Some people like to pass ministry off to the leaders, right? Whether they're fivefold or the pastors or the elders or the deacons, whomever, whatever. No, no, no. Ah, <laughs> we're all ministers of the gospel. Yeah. I think last time I was here, I told you you're all, we're all ambassadors for Jesus. But we're all ministers of the gospel, and that means to each other as well. Because as you follow that passage down, it says, the role of the fivefold ministry is to equip the saints. For what? <clears throat> To do the work of the ministry. And by ministering to one another and out there, but ministering to one another, the whole body will come to a place of maturity. King James says perfection. It means maturity, a mature body. I love this house. I love this church. I love uh, all the growth that we've seen here in just this short few years. Uh, this time has just blown me away. I don't even want to go home. <laughs> but listen, this is your strength. The devil is coming for it, right? He's already tried. Don't let him divide you. 
COVID, if you were a, if you were a vaxxer or an anti-vaxxer or whatever, that's your business, okay? Don't rail on me because I was one and not the one you were. Because if you do that, guess what? You're breaking covenant. That's, right. that's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's not kingdom. That's right. Right? I respect your uh, right to make your own decisions, right? And we had to believe. We had to travel. <laughs> so I'm going to believe God with the vax or without the vax. Either way, I had to believe God. So I took the vax. <laughs> okay, I'm outed. <laughs> uh, so the devil will attack you in time. He's very patient. He sows seeds of discord, pride, division. He sows the seed and you don't even know it initially because it's the frog boiling in the pot of water. But when that pot starts to boil people begin to get cooked and hurt and, and the body suffers. There are churches that don't survive that. They started well, but they didn't keep covenant for the long haul, right? Um, the last story I have, and this really is the last. Okay? Brother John, this is a story about Uganda. <laughs> we have friends, mutual friends in Uganda. I listened to a testimony my son set, sent me uh, recently. By the way, this is my son's take on all this. He says, the church is Jesus' bride. And even if it's got some warps, warps, <laughs> warts, <laughs> I got much sleep last night, warts and blemishes, he says, I am not going to call Jesus' bride ugly. Yeah. He won't do it, yeah. right? So he takes the high road, and believe me, he has been tested. He has been tested again and again and again. But God is refining him. Why? Because there's a call on his life. And if he keeps his course, he will do great things for God. Right? So, um, so we heard a testimony of this brother. And uh, he equips people in intercession. He's called Pastor James. But uh, he's not the pastor. He planted the church, but he's not the pastor. He's really the main intercessor. And, he, and uh, the reason he is because he's a former Satanist. And he was a high-level Satanist. He was a territorial. He had a territory, and he had many other, he had other witches and so on under him. And um, I'm really challenged. I heard a guy a few months ago, John Ramirez. I didn't put it out because, man, those, they make us look like we're not doing anything because they're engaged. <laughs> they are really engaged. And Satan, don't forget, he's fighting for his life, right? He's a rat, like a rat in the corner. He is fighting for his life, and he plays dirty, so be prepared. Anyway, this, um, this, um, when he was this territorial um, over Uganda, he was called to a conference in Italy, and there were a thousand uh, high-level uh, witches, warlocks, whatever you want to call them, grand masters, they're called. And uh, the reason he was there, they said, there's a problem in your country. There's something going on there, and it's locking up everything we're trying to do. Listen to this. On two continents, Africa, Europe. Locking it up. They can't move, and they don't even know why. Because they're hidden in the light. That's what they said to him. So he goes to this meeting. He begins to prophesy. Well, not him, but the demon. One of the demons is telling them what the problem is. The problem is there are... There is a pastor in 20, I have to say this carefully. Um, where's, the, where's the word I want? 
senior. <laughs> 20 senior ladies and intercessors. And they have entered into a covenant to meet every day for 90 days, pray for several hours for the kingdom of God. He was told, you've got to stop this. If they succeed, if they make the 90 days, they're going to lock this up for, listen, 70 years. That's two generations. Two generations. Did you catch the number of people? It wasn't 300. It wasn't even 30. It was 21. Now, sadly, he was successful. Yep, it crashed the day before. And it ended there. They broke covenant because he went in very strategically with his team and they sowed this and that, discord, offense, all this kind of stuff. It all fell apart. Boom, the devil had it, right? Pulled him out of the way. But guess what? God's got a fix to fix the fix. Yeah. Let's learn. Let's learn and move on, right? We don't have to be taken in by the devil's wiles. We're not ignorant of his devices. But listen, I'm telling you, we need to pick it up. Prayer. Angie, wherever you are, you're in the right place. Yeah. I encourage you guys, get in there. You know what? Prayer is not just for intercessors. It's a body ministry. You know that? Who's the greatest intercessor? Jesus. He's interceding for us right now, right? And we're his disciples. We're to do what he does. He intercedes. He prays. So I'm going to, um, I'm going to um, give you some direction here. This won't be long, but um, now I don't know everybody in here, obviously. I don't even know if you're all part of a real church. And even if you are, you're not under a pressure from me or a compulsion to do this. I'm encouraging, just like Mariah, I'm encouraging you to take a step here. But you've heard what I've had to say when about covenant. When covenant goes wrong, the consequences <clears throat> what it did to the Adamic covenant, what it did to those intercessors, and it has wrecked church after church after church, life after life after life. It doesn't have to be that way because that's not God's plan, all right? That's not kingdom. And he's coming back for a glorious bride. This thing doesn't end with, you know, the church almost dies out in the end. No, he's coming back for a glorious bride that puts the devil on the run. All right, let's be that bride. So if you are prepared in your heart, from your heart, right, to stand in covenant with your brothers and sisters in real church, you <clears throat> as a church will be, only be as strong as your core of covenanted people. That will be your strength. And fortunately, in our church, when we went through a horrific thing back in the 80s, we had a core that stood and God saved the church. <laughs> he saved the church. He transformed the church. He saved the church. So that is my um, altar call, if you like. If you are in your heart, you feel that in your heart, you want to stand and be acknowledged that you are on covenant with the folks in this room, with Jesus, of course, first and foremost, but the folks in this room, I'd like to ask you to stand and I'm going to pray for you. Hmm. And thanks for fixing my iPad there. That's, that's, wouldn't boot up. 
just in case. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is a great day. This is a really great day. Um, I can tell you that because there was so much opposition. I left my iPad. We came to go into our hotel. They were tearing it down. We had to move. <laughs> yeah. And this morning, <laughs> it, her, her iPad wouldn't even boot up. <laughs> I'm going, okay. <laughs> God wants you to hear this. And he wants us all to hear this. Right? This morning was awesome, the worship. And now we're consecrating ourselves to the Lord, the vertical, and horizontally to one another, to the brethren. So, Father, just, just we thank you, God. Oh, Lord Jesus, we are so privileged, Lord, to be a part of your kingdom, to be your family, to be your children, Lord, to be your bride, to be your body. Hallelujah. Because, Father, you have work for us. You have work for us to do here in this generation. Yes, Lord. We acknowledge today that we are called to the kingdom for such a time as this. This is our race. Hallelujah. Father, we want to run with our whole heart. We want to finish well. We want to make a difference. We want to make Jesus Lord over Clearwater, over Largo, over Florida, over America, over Canada, over Uganda, over the nations of the world. Lord, we want you to be Lord, hallelujah, that you will fulfill your promise that as surely as you live, your glory will cover the earth even as the waters cover the sea. So Father, I pray today, Lord, that there will be that revelation that will just continue to permeate. It will be tested, and that's a good thing. It will be tested, but I pray for everyone here that they will be responsive in their heart, that they will submit their heart to you and say, Lord, what am I to do in this situation? You will tell them, hallelujah, and they will fix it. So, Father, bless this church. We love what we're seeing. We love what we're sensing. And we just bless them today. We just bless them as a body. We bless them as a people. We bless the leaders. We bless the prayer team. We bless the worship team. We bless all the ministries that serve in his house so diligently, Lord. And we thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, would you guys just give a big old hand for what... What God spoke through this mighty man of God. Thank you, brother. So there's a, there's a couple things that God put on my heart to do today. Um, and I know, I know it's late. So um, we're going to do two very important things. Um, and so if you, if you, but if you need to go because, uh, you know, stuff that you have planned, you are welcome to leave right now. Um, and, uh, for if you can stay, I would ask. Well, I'm, I'm not going to look down on you if you walk out. I get it. People got plans. Uh, this is just one of those Sundays that is just a little different and was built a little different. Okay? So uh, uh, if you could just be seated for a moment. Uh, number one, he's talking about covenant. We, we disciple. Uh, we're trying to disciple the local body. And this is the church he gave us influence over on what it looks like to be in covenant relationship versus consumer relationship. Consumers, it's all about me. And if I like the music, if I like the speaking, if I like this, you know, it's really toddler language, infant language, what I like. 
covenant is I'm in it because God sent me there. So I'm going to be there early. I'm not going just because at, at 1020 because I don't like the worship. So I'm just going to go for the speaking. That's junk. And if that's the way you speak, that you think you need to rebuke yourself, repent, repent and come in covenant and worship with us. Because when we worship in unity, the Holy Spirit's poured out. So if that stepped on your toes, good. Kick those shoes off, repent, turn, and be here at 9.50 next week so that we can worship together and be excited in worship. Amen? Because you're missing out at 10 a.m. Get your, get your kids checked in at 9.50. Get in here, get excited and prepared in your heart to worship with us. If you're a covenant, if you're in covenant, if it's, if it's about what you want to receive, then come when you want. Amen? So if you're mature in Christ, it ain't about you. It's about Jesus laying your life down and lifting him up. Okay? All right. So establish is a, a if man, if you, you want to be a part of this local body, uh, we have an established class on Sunday, the first Sunday night of each month. You can sign up online. Uh, uh, realchurch.us, connect, get signed up so you can see the heart. We want you to see our vision, mission, and values, who we are, where we're going, and we want to lay it all out before you so that you can make an informed decision. And then if God's called you to be a part of this body, we have a member's covenant. It's not a legal document. It's just, man, it's an action step that's saying, I'm, I believe God's calling me to be a part. I want to give of my time, talent, and treasure to make God, what God's doing in this local body uh, impact Pinellas County and the world. Amen? Which is important. So if you've been waiting on that and God's put that on your heart, it's right here. Let's, let's do this thing. Let's covenant together. And if you went through establish and you're ready to get involved, we're going to grow in January and in February. But we can't grow without more people on our teams. So if you're just sitting in the pews or in the, in the chairs and not serving, stop. Start serving. Because you're going to build relationships and you're, you're going you're, you're to build family with people that you serve with. And, and in doing that, you're helping us to be more effective at serving the community and serving each other. You're going to grow in maturity by giving out instead of just coming and taking. I, I know this is a tough word, but I love you enough to tell you. I'm not mad at you. I'm pastoring you right now. Okay? God is good. And he loves you so much. But for you to grow in maturity, it has to be less about you and more about serving him and his body. I'm just playing the role God's asked me to play in his body. And I'm asking you to do the same. Amen? Amen. Amen. So um, there's, there's, there's these two things that we have to do. Number one, God has given um, this amazing prophet a few specific words that she has to speak. Would you, would you like to, to continue to... Yeah. Um, um, this would be more for individuals. Is that okay? Well, I think it'd be a good example. Oh, yeah, that's okay. So, you know, where's that little drummer? Um, <laughs> come on. That's <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hi. Okay, I'll just share what I saw over you. What's your name? Aiden. Aiden. Um, Aiden, um, you're sort of in the background there as a drummer, but I just saw times of uh, the Holy Spirit coming on you that is going to propel you more forward. And so what I felt was that there's going to be, I don't know if the right term, but it's like there's going to be like a solo on the drums 
where it's very, um, it's a warfare type of, of anointing that's going to come on you. And you know those um, brass bands that when they march in a parade, sometimes they have the drummers that go ahead of them. There's going to be times like that because it's a warfare. And I felt like it's an anointing that comes on you. It's nothing that you have to strive for, but it is, uh, it is important because the enemy hates that sound. And I believe that just even you as a young person even hates it more to have that kind of anointing. So just be open to that because there's going to be times where that's just going to come on you and it's just a way of leading and pressing into the darkness, pushing it back, and it's a great anointing. So I just wanted to speak that over to you. Um, I didn't prophesy over you the other night, did I? You in the shirt with the mustache? No, I didn't think so. That's not your guy, though. No, your guy's back there. there. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> ah, okay. Um, you guys are related, married, you guys? Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Nice to meet you. So have you been in the church here for a bit? Oh, good. That's really good. You know, um, I just felt like there's a, a joy over the two of you in your countenance that uh, I see others coming to just say, um, what, it, what is it that you've got um, can we be a part of? And I don't know if you're new to faith, but I felt you'd be talking to a lot of maybe friends, family members that, that aren't in faith to this point. And that um, I feel, feel like there's a real sincerity in your heart to talk about Jesus. That it's nothing that you're making up, but there's a real sincere sincerity. And it's almost like uh, it becomes a fragrance that draws people that want to know who Jesus is. And it's just being who you are. But even as you grow in your own faith, I just see others coming around you. And I don't know if you have people gathering in your house at this point, but I think that's something that God has for you because there's a heart that God wants to draw people towards you. Uh, and the two of you together, um, modeling marriage is an awesome thing because there's so many people that wouldn't even understand why would you even want to get married, right? So there's just sort of um, just a, a way of honoring God through your lives and just even through covenant like Todd was uh, talking about there this morning and it's a witness to others and so I know this is a ways um, down the road but I do feel you're going to be doing some marriage um, ministry at some time um, not in not in counseling but just in I, the pre-marriage you know just helping people to understand there's value in this there's strength in this there's purpose in this and there's destiny so just be encouraged that God's leading you and guiding you I feel like you've uh, sorry I'm taking a little longer here um, I just feel like um, you are a man of the word and that God's word is even just going to become more magnified in your in your life. This morning when I was prophesying about coming to the fountain to drink, I feel as you drink from that fountain, there's going to be just a greater release um, in your life. Uh, teaching a little more authority that's going to come to you, but anointing as you pull out the word of God for people. So God really, really has you in a good place. Amen. So that's, that's awesome. Um, Hi, are, is this your family right here yeah. together? Yeah, and you guys are part of the church here or you're just coming in or we're, yeah. Um, I just sense that it might be wrong here. I'm not trying to embarrass you or anything, but I thought maybe this area of uh, prophecy or uh, spiritual gifts in this area might be 
um, a little bit, um, you might be a bit mistrustful of that area, but I just felt like God really, um, as you partner with the Holy Spirit, is actually going to release your voice in some area of just speaking life to others. And I, I, again, with the two of you, um, in terms of family, I feel like you guys are making a dent in the kingdom and just establishing your family. And um, the dent in the kingdom means that you are following after the heart of God and that that's being modeled and represented to others. So I just feel, um, I'm going to actually just pray a prayer blessing over the two of you and or over the three of you i guess in terms of a family but god we just really pray that this family is going to be able to take some steps forward as they just model who you are in family life and just the things that you care about and i pray as they drink from that fountain that they're going to have that living water oh i thought todd wanted to say something here oh he just came to pray okay Oh, brother, sister. Oh, okay. Well, I was I was getting confused because I was looking at your hand there. Okay. All right. Okay. My apology there. It was a family group, but I had the wrong family. And I could see her smiling, and I thought, okay. <laughs> oh, you guys are all together here. Oh, great. Okay. Oh. Okay, if I saw I had seen you together, I would have got that a little bit better. Okay, well, you know what? It's good to make mistakes publicly, isn't it, sometimes? <laughs> but uh, I don't think that the word is wrong in terms of representing family and uh, just being that model generationally. And uh, maybe even God opening the door a little bit for their spiritual gifts in you. I felt that maybe needed to be pried open a little bit, not to, um, not to embarrass you in that area because... You never, um, there's a lot of bad practice out there as well. So I appreciate the fact of being able to come into the church. And one of David and Courtney's heart is just that you model healthiness. And also that prophecy is um, something that um, needs to be infused in our day-to-day -day life. It isn't just an occasional use of the gift, right? So it's hard for me not to teach and talk. Thank you for being a good sport. Um, Okay, now you guys back here. Are you a family? <laughs> the three of you. <laughs> I just have to check, yeah. Um, are you new to faith, you guys? New coming into the church, or you've been here for a while? Or? No, we're just visiting. You're visiting here, yeah. Okay, I, I sort of felt like maybe you were um, just newer uh, coming in. So you're visiting here today, but this wouldn't be your, your regular place that you come. Is that right? No. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, I just feel God wanted to just pronounce a blessing over, over your life and just talk to you a little bit that way. Um, I just felt like there was some hunger um, in your hearts in terms of following the Lord in, in a true and a passionate way. And that this is a time where the Holy Spirit is actually, I felt like, just almost putting a bit of a lasso around you, drawing you forward um, towards the heart of God and just towards the things of the kingdom. I think God's wanting to open up some things in your life which is where you're just seeing there's, there's more than you knew of earlier. There's way more in terms of the spiritual realm. And I just really believe God wants to uh, put a real blessing over you. And it's like, um, it's like in, on some levels, you're just seeing, if you have a picture book in front of you, in some areas you've been seeing in black and white. And I feel like God's wanting to tear that page out to give you a page of color. And 
Uh, when God speaks of color, I actually believe it refers to many of the giftings that he has inside of you um, to be pulled out. I feel like um, you have a, a real heart of being a giver and um, just a heart that's actually merciful um, towards people. And that God really wants to even set that on fire because I, I believe he's called you guys as a family just to even just even to press into the things of God and the things of the kingdom. So even if it's new to you or, or however it is, there's just more for you. And I feel like he just wants to open things up in a greater way for you. Amen. 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 Okay, I'm, I'm trapped. <laughs> Let me go back here. You know, I really like the people sitting in the back row for some reason. <laughs> I like to, I'm a back row person. And so, hi, are you guys part of the church here? You're, or you're visiting? You're here visiting? Okay. All right. And are you guys a couple? Or, okay. All right. Just thought I'd better establish that right away. Um, you know, I just feel like God is bringing in people um, here that just are like good neighbors. And that's how I feel over you, like you're good neighbors kind of people. And so I see you um, just reaching, uh, reaching others just with a heart of invitation and a heart to say, we actually know a place of blessing. We know a place that you can have your needs met. This is a place where um, God really wants to um, help you and minister to you. And I feel like for the two of you, you've got hearts that really do want to help people to um, sort of be more uh, successful, to get unstuck in some of the areas of your life. And there's a real, uh, a real kindness in you. Um, just a kindness that wants to help people and just see them come forward towards the heart of Jesus. And I think the two of you together in your neighbors, I sort of see you as one that's a helper in uh, practical, natural things, and that that is a testimony um, to those in your neighborhood. I also felt like you guys could gather ones that um, don't have family or or they're um, single, and it, it says in scripture that God, he puts the single in families, and I think you guys could invite some into, um, into the kingdom and into your home just through um, kindness, just reaching in the neighborhood. And there's a scripture um, from Proverbs that I felt for you that just says the law of kindness is in her mouth, and it says out of the Proverbs 31 woman, and I felt that for you, so... Okay, I think I might uh, might um, let these folks go home <laughs> or go to where they're going today. But anyway, thanks for being patient and getting a chance to speak over a few people. Wonderful. I just thought that was, uh, uh, I wanted you guys to see and experience um, healthy prophecy. Um, it's just, just good. The last thing that I want to do, and it, it's no less important, it's very important for, for, for you guys. Um, uh, I want to ask my African dad to come here. <clears throat> if you didn't come last week, he has 32 children in his home right now. He has four biological children. Some of them are married and gone on, but he has a heart for the orphans. And for many years, um, there's an organization out of New Zealand that has... Uh, um, given money to support orphans uh, through Pastor John. And what he does, he doesn't start an orphanage. 
Instead, he takes that money, pays their school fees and their clothes fees, gives them some food, and, he, and he, they find orphans and they place them in homes in their church. So there's about 200, is that correct? Yes. About 200 that have been sponsored or in different homes in their church. And they've been doing this for many years and he shared with me a burden that he has that um, they graduate high school and they've get this training, they become Christians and stuff, but then they just kind of release them with no skill in their hand. And he didn't feel right about that. These 18, 19, 20 year olds have been released from uh, our graduated high school and no skill in their hand to go do work and business and be a blessing to the community and a blessing to their families and to multiply. So he has a vision that God has given him earlier this year, right? Earlier this year of, of building a trade school on the property that God's given them for their church. And uh, the trade skill school would, would equip them in skills of construction and, and sewing and bricklaying brick and woodworking. woodworking, that kind of thing. So uh, would, would help them to go out, start businesses, create businesses, and do, do work to, to be a blessing to Uganda, but then also to, to help other orphans down the road because they've been trained in it. So I, I just, in my heart, you know, he's, he's, I would love to be able to build that for him. He, my, my, dad's, my dad's church actually sewed a, a brick um, a block making machine into them. They already have 500 blocks, right? And all they need is the, the money for the material and the money for the skilled workers to come in and help build it. And it'll be, it'll be two stories. It'll be about, um, you know, maybe 3,500, 4,000 square feet total to start with. And we'll, we'll, they'll be able to use it as their children's church. They have a church of about five or 600 people. And all the kids are just running around. So they'll be able to use this on Sundays for children's church and to equip in pastors' conferences and stuff. So, so church, you know how we do sometimes. We, we just challenge you to pray and be radically generous as the Lord leads. Well, what's beautiful is just Thanksgiving, it's not thanks having. It's not thanks taking. It's Thanksgiving. Amen. And so we have Cyber Monday coming up and then Giving Tuesday. So I thought, you know what? As a church, why don't we just wash his feet in generosity? Right? And to to sacrificially give in order to do this. And who knows, Lord willing, we may go in January and put the roof on the thing. Not January, sorry. July, July, January is too quick. Who knows? We may go in July and put the roof on the thing. Lord willing, we'll see what happens. Okay. So, so what we've done, the tithes and normal tithes and offerings have been given in these boxes. If God lays on your heart and you want to write a check or give cash, everything given in that box in the back, which we just brought out, we hit it on purpose, um, will be sewn into this. It, it's going to cost about $20,000 to do, um, uh, in totality. Okay. So about everything given back there, but then we'll keep the giving link open on our website until the end of giving Tuesday. Okay. And so you can go to realchurch.us, click on give on the drop down box, check John Wandera, and it will be put a, put aside everything given to that by the end of giving Tuesday or in that box back there will go to this mission. Amen? Amen. 
And we just believe, man, God blesses us to give and so that we can expand his kingdom. And as we give, man, he entrusts us with more to be able to bless locally and around the world. So those are the two important things that I wanted to tell you. We usually get out at 1130. For those of you who are new, we're like 40 minutes over. So don't think that this is normal, but praise the Lord. It's a good Sunday. Amen. Amen. So let's just end with this. I was 14 years old. This was my, my life's motto. I'm a real person living a real life for a real Jesus, give, make it, uh, having a real good time. It's where the church name came from, you know? And so we just do this. I'll say I'm a, and you guys will say, yeah. right? No, but you all got to say it. And then you say that three times. And then the last part, you say real good time. Because if you're not having a real good time following Jesus, you're not following him right. Amen. All right. So I'm a person living a life for a Jesus having a you are dismissed.